You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Mark Sheldon who covers the Reds for MLB.com. And, Mark, we have a couple of new things we get to talk about today on our podcast. David Bell, the new Reds manager. Turner Ward, new hitting coach. Eugenio Suarez is a part of that um, series that's going on in Japan, which is pretty cool. So we're going to get to a bunch of stuff. But first of all, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Danny. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm pumped to talk about these new things uh, going on with the Reds because obviously they, they're hitting the ground running right now. We, we're not even in mid-November, um, and they're clearly making moves. Uh, GM meetings to start with, Mark. Uh, they're going on right now in California. Have you heard anything out of them right now? Um, I know this is really a time to kind of lay the foundation for potential trades, for um, a lot of things the teams want to do in the offseason. This is like the, the first step towards that. What have you heard out of Reds camp? I haven't heard a whole lot, but you're exactly right. What generally has happened with both with Dick Williams and before him with Walt Jockety is uh, they, they make their first contact with the other executives. They kind of lay some groundwork. They may talk to an agent or two or three or four and kind of get a sense of where things are going. And usually that takes them up to the winter meetings and not not too uh, uncommon for either a deal to get done at the winter meetings or really shortly thereafter. Uh, it's usually a longer process than maybe most people would want, but they, they do get some deals done and they make some trades and they do occasionally sign somebody. And usually the genesis is the GM meetings. All right. Okay. So we're going to keep, we're going to keep our ears open for that because the next thing is winter meetings um, coming up to, you know, that that's another place where all of these uh, off season trades and acquisitions can happen. But let's talk about David Bell, new Reds manager. And he joined Mad Dog on his show the other day. And he said, quote, I got lucky and had an opportunity on great teams and I had great teammates. And I was a small part of those teams looking back Playing on teams like that, you're able to experience the ways that teams can win. You can create edge in different ways. Um, and that's kind of what he's looking to do in Cincinnati. Uh, so, David Bell, what do you know about him, and why do you think this was a good hire for the Reds? For a few reasons. Uh, he was obviously very sought after. It wasn't just the Reds that wanted him, and it wasn't just because he was a hometown guy. But he's a guy that really – has an experience in both player development and on uh, managing in the organization. He managed in AAA and AA uh, a few years ago. Then he went off into the major leagues and coached for a while. And then I think what really cinched the job for him was his year this past season as the director of player development for the Giants, when he got to oversee, you know, several hundred players or a couple hundred players and about 80, uh, 85 you know, staff members. And they really liked the way he saw kind of the big picture of being able to work and manage a lot of people and also seeing how an organization has to run uh, in harmony to, to get what they want to go. And, and then you like, you mentioned like all the, the places he's played and the things he's done. I mean, he's worked or played for managers from Lou Pinella to Dave, uh, Dusty Baker, Mike Matheny um, to just to name a few, Mike Hargrove. So he's been around, he's seen how it works, and he comes from obviously a family that knows baseball. His father works for the organization, but that's not why he got the job. But Buddy Bell is also a very smart, very nice guy. And I, I think David's got all the mix of the old school baseball knowledge. He's very much willing to embrace sabermetrics and analytics. Uh, he works well with people. He seems to deal with the media pretty well. So I think there's going to be the kind of a big picture that he 
will be a good you know face of the franchise guy to talk to the media twice a day and, and deal with the public. He's not the only new kid on the block, though, Mark. Turner Ward is coming from the Dodgers to the Reds. They named him their new hitting coach. And the Dodgers won the NOS the last three years. We've seen what they can do with the bats in these last three seasons that have been under Turner Ward when it comes to the offense. This is promising for the Reds, right? Well, it really does show what they're willing to do to get better. Uh, they haven't obviously signed any players yet or made any trades, but what they have done is they've hired David Bell first in uh, late October. Then they went and backed that up by hiring Derek Johnson, one of the best pitching coaches around. They plucked him from the Brewers, who wasn't expected to be available. And then now they went and got Turner Ward from another playoff team in the Dodgers, who also wasn't really looking around, but there was a window and they were able to, to, to call him and reach out. And within a couple of days, they had a deal done and, He's got that pedigree of that he's been a hitting coach for a very good team. They led the league in home runs and uh, and slugging and I think walks. And he's also been credited with making Yasiel Puig into a better hitter, which certainly doesn't stink. And he had, I think, seven different guys hit 20 home runs this past year. So uh, it's a new voice. The Reds are really looking to spend a little bit of money, and they're showing it on the on the coaching staff. They haven't uh, frittered away with uh, – with cheap hires and they got guys to take, kind of give them a new voice and a new direction. That's what they were talking about with both Johnson and with uh, Ward. They really wanted some new voices uh, to be heard. And David Bell's of course will be the lead voice and it's going to be interesting to see how it all works this year. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're building those outside pieces and, and now it's time to kind of attack on the things, the players on the field uh, and see what they can get. But it's an exciting year in Cincinnati, Mark. It's the 150th anniversary. So it's going to be basically a year-long party in Cincinnati. I know uniforms are a big part of this celebration. What can you tell us about what the Reds are doing to commemorate 150 years? They really are pulling out all the stops. Uh, what blows my mind is that they have put together 15 different throwback uniforms to be worn starting in May and then carrying it through parts of you know, the, the season. They'll wear them on select days, and they've hit all the – all their eras of the 20th century and it's it's pretty crazy you know they've been around since 1869 and that was the first uh professional franchise in baseball and actually all sports so they really are trying to honor that legacy that not only do they have the uniforms but they have the, the special patch they're going to wear on their sleeves on the regular uniforms they also have uh, these kind of like the, the mustaches that were all over the city during the all-star game that you can sit on and take pictures with they're going to have mr red legs sitting on a bench with different logos from the eras of the past and they're going to be spread out all over the area. You know, another thing for fans to get, you know, to, get, to sit on and take pictures with. And perhaps the biggest event is on July 5th. They're having uh, on a day off for the team. It's a Friday. It's a rare Friday off day, but they're having a open house and a party at the ballpark, which will be free to the public and people can come in. All the players will be there. Uh, some former players will be there and fans will be allowed basically to go see the whole entire ballpark areas. They may never have seen before. And then there'll be music and fireworks and a lot of other stuff. So I think it's uh, they're really blowing the doors off the joint, and it should be an interesting year. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of those uniforms on the field, namely the all-blue 1911 road uniforms. I think those are probably surprisingly the most stunning. I didn't think I liked that one, and that one's really sharp. It really is. So, Mark, if, if you were going to visit Cincinnati, go visit the Reds, this would be the year to do it to kind of see how this, uh, this team has just been a model of what baseball should look like for um, a very, very, very long time. 
Um, so this would be the year to go see it. Go see those uniforms. It's super cool. Another thing I want to talk about, Mark, is Eugenio Suarez. He is giving back in Hawaii, but actually he's a part of this really cool uh, event that's going on in Major League Baseball where they compiled a bunch of guys from teams over here, and they're going to play together in Japan. Um, uh, and it's a, there's a seven-game series starting this Thursday. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, and, and he's a part of that group. So he was in Hawaii prepping for the trip and giving back to local youth in the area. And now he gets to play on this team of all-stars um, against the Nippon professional baseball team. How cool is it that, that he gets to represent the Reds, Major League Baseball, and, and be a part of this series? Well, it's really good for him. He's a, a guy that kind of has been overshadowed the last couple of years. He's really broken out. But unfortunately, because of the Reds being in last place in a 90-loss team, not a lot of people have seen it. And I think with his new contract, he's got a seven-year, $66 million contract he signed before last season. And his great outgoing personality, he really is. We, we voted for him as the good guy award winner in 2017 just because I think, you know, he's just a really good guy. He's a really good clubhouse presence. And now I think the rest of baseball is going to get to see what he's all about. Uh, like I said, he's overshadowed a lot because of guys like Nolan Arenado being – the best of the best at third base and, and you're not going to see him as much, but uh, Eugenio is a good guy and I'm sure his uh, personality is going to shine right through on in, in Japan. And maybe this will lead to more opportunities for him to be kind of more front and center with the reds and, 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 you know, here in the United States and we'll see how, uh, how, how well he's received. He's just an outgoing dude and he's a really good hitter. He's coming to his own the last two seasons and uh, really the, the future's ahead of him. I love that Mark. Um, the last thing, uh, two last things, actually. Mark Feinsand, not Mark Sheldon, but Mark Feinsand, um, our friend at MLB.com, wrote this really extensive article basically trying to pair all the free agents with teams. And he said that Lance Lynn could be a good fit for the Reds. I know that David Bell was on the Cardinals coaching staff when, when Lynn pitched there. Do you see Lance Lynn fitting in uh, with the Reds? I do. I thought he would fit in last year, too. And they chose not to sign any free agent uh, starting pitchers instead of keeping with their own guys. But Lance Lynn would seem to be a guy that would work in their favor, maybe a shorter term contract, not too expensive. He's obviously not going to get Patrick Corbin or Dallas Keuchel money, but he might get a nice good size contract that will satisfy him and his veteran ways of, of being kind of durable. I know he had a an injury a few years ago, but he's been pretty solid for the most part. And I, I think he could be fit, a fit. Like you said, he, he's worked with David Bell in St. Louis. Uh, he knows the division real well. I, I think he could be an asset as a veteran you know, anchor for that staff. Awesome. Okay, so we'll see if Mark Feinstein was right. He made a lot of predictions. Um, so I'm excited to see if any of them come true. Mark, what else uh, should we be looking out for uh, this week, next week? Anything that you think could potentially start to take place, or are we still kind of waiting and seeing? I think uh, the next chips that will likely come in are uh, the rest of the coaching staff. They still need to hire everyone else or, or decide if they're going to retain anyone from the previous administration. And then you start getting into the, uh, the roster. You're going to see on November 20th, they have to decide who they're going to protect on the 40-man roster uh, from the Rule 5 draft. So I'm interested to see how that works out. They've saved some space already for a few guys. And then on the 30th, which is – ahead way ahead is the the non-tender date so we'll see if any of their arbitration eligible guys get punted from the roster so there's some uh little things that are happening and are coming up i don't expect because like we talked about before i don't expect a big deal to happen early in the sense that you know the gm meetings are the groundwork time 
and we'll see how long it takes. I think it'll be closer to the winter meetings before we see any real substantial action. Mark, it's always a pleasure to hear from you and chat with you, and I appreciate your time as always. If you guys want to get your latest on Reds news, please go to MLB.com slash Reds. Mark's got you covered over there. With Mark Sheldon, I'm Danny Wexelman. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.